This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. This is the Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network. Congratulations. You are officially listening to the Bonfire Podcast. Gets to do that because for some reason we are having technical issues with our SoundCloud, which means it's also affecting our iTunes and our Stitcher and our Google Play. So, yes, like I said, congratulations if you are in fact listening to the show. Yay, that's very good. Good stuff. All right, we can finally move on to the important issues. And this week, yes, I do have eh, somewhat of a serious topic. A couple articles and videos that caught my attention, and, you know, a few thoughts that I wanted to offer to the discussion. The first is, as I'm doing my job, looking for articles and news and anything of general interest, not only for the Pat and Stu show, which I do work for here at The Blaze, but my own purposes for the bonfire. And I came across something from, you know, uh, the, the good old guy, Mike Rowe. And if you don't know who Mike Rowe is, uh, you should look him up. He has his own show on CNN, and he, he's the dirty jobs guy. He's the guy that kind of showed the world... Here are the dirty jobs here in America. And yeah, they suck, but there are great men who do the work because they know, hey, somebody's got to do it. I have a great work ethic, and I get the job done. That's what Mike Rowe's all about. And along those lines, he decided to do a little video here, and I ripped um, a quick little piece here. I'm going to play it real quick, and then I'm going to offer my thoughts. If we're talking about your hobby, by all means, let your passion lead you. But when it comes to making a living, it's easy to forget the dirty truth. Just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean you won't suck at it. And just because you've earned a degree in your chosen field, it doesn't mean you're going to find your dream job. Dream jobs are usually just that, dreams. But their imaginary existence just might keep you from exploring careers that offer a legitimate chance to perform meaningful work and develop a genuine passion for the job you already have. Because here's another dirty truth. Your happiness on the job has very little to do with the work itself. And while passion is way too important to be without, it is way too fickle to follow around. Which brings us to the final dirty truth. Never follow your passion, but always bring it with you. Well said, Mike. You know, he has he definitely has a way with words and he's very you can tell he's very genuine. He's um, he's down to earth. He doesn't try to use fancy language and big vocabulary. He just says, "Look, let me tell you how it is. Here's how I see things. 
Here's how it all makes sense to me. So yeah, your happiness doesn't depend on your work. You know, we all we all have those moments. You go to work, you wake up in the morning, and you think to yourself sometimes, "Oh God, I got to get up today. How am I going to do this? I don't want to get out of bed." You know, we've all had those days. Okay, some of us more than others. What Mike is saying is, it's your attitude that's important. And he gives a great example in the video, which I didn't rip, but you can go check it out for yourself. It's on YouTube. It's called Don't Follow Your Passion. And I believe it's by PragerU. So Prager University. Look for micro. Don't Follow Your Passion, I believe is what the video is called. And in his example, he says, I knew a uh, septic tank man, worker. And it's his job to drive around and empty them. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's the, uh, it's the crap hole. Some houses have plumbing. Others just have a septic tank next to their house, and it just, it all goes right in there. Okay? Anyway. He says there was a dude who was doing that, and he's a multimillionaire now because he knew, hey, no one else is going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be happy about it. I'm going to be good at it. And then he was. He developed a passion for the job. Not, hmm, what is my passion? What is my hobby? Let me see if I can make that my job. And, of course, we all have... You've thought about that as well. We think, hey, what am I? What do I really love doing with my time? What am I? What am I passionate about? I'd love to make my whole job, that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, Mike is saying, no, don't do that. Don't let your passion lead you. Take it with you. Make it like a buddy. Make it right shotgun. And it's your attitude in life, something that Bonfire is always promoting: having balance. Don't work too hard, and drive yourself into the ground, and not have a personal life, and care for the people in your life and then don't play all the time either where you just don't have a care in the world and you're useless and you're a slacker you don't want to do that either okay mike does seem to have a very good balance he's a great work ethic and he acknowledges his weaknesses his shortcomings and says look well i know what those are i know what i'm good at so i'm going to focus on that and then i'm going to be happy about it i'm going to be happy with my natural set of skills and i'm going to i'm going to be passionate about the job so, for anybody out there who thinks, my job really sucks, why am I here? Uh, you're not alone, okay? Many, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people feel the same way, okay? You definitely need to aspire to something greater, like we all should. Something that's even better pay or better work hours, more uh, fulfilling for you, absolutely. But... Don't bitch and moan when you're in that job. And I'm guilty of this too, okay? I'm, I'm still a human being. Uh, for years, the few years that I've worked since uh, my college days, maybe high school days, I guess, I started working, um, I was always thinking to myself, well, this is just temporary. You know, I'll, I'll get somewhere good. I will find that dream job. But like Mike says, that's what's the phrase? Dream job. It's a dream. You still shoot for your dreams? Yeah, it's that cliche, cheesy phrase we all know. Shoot for the stars. Shoot for the dreams. Go for it. Yeah, definitely. You need some motivation. You got to motivate yourself. Otherwise, you're just going to be stuck, you know, being the janitor at Taco Bell and say, oh, this is good enough. You don't want to do that. Okay. Definitely aspire to be more. If that's all you can get, be happy about it. Be happy that you have a job. Not everybody does. You do have some sort of income. That income can pay your bills so you can continue to live, okay? So it's about being thankful for where you are and aspiring to something better. That's the healthy way to do it, and that's how Mike sees it, as far as I know. So um, anyway, yeah, his suggestion, don't follow your passion. Just be passionate about the work that you're doing. Separate the two. If you want a hobby, then make it a hobby. 
put it off to the side. Go to work during the day so that you're able to pay your bills. Be sensible. Then you can enjoy your evenings, your weekends, playing golf and uh, making movies, reading books, teaching, whatever. Whatever floats your boat. Not everybody is meant to make that into their job. And there have been a number of people who said, hey, I took my passion. I was lucky enough to turn it into a job, but then it actually kind of ruined it. Now I see it as work. Well, guess what? It's called life. We're always going to have work. Work should be work, and then play should be play. It doesn't always work out for you to mix the two. So, and uh, there's an article here that I found. It's called, Whatever You Do, Don't Quit Your Job to Pursue Your Passion. So it seems like it's sort of along the same lines. And it's written by, I think it says, Janelle Quibuyan. Quebian. Quebian. Whatever. Janelle. Janelle. And it's on Quartz. QZ.com. I've never heard of it. But anyway, it's kind of a blog post. And she says, Two years ago, I quit my full-time job, salaried with benefits, to pursue self-employment as an independent freelance graphic designer. So she wanted to be her own boss. She quit her full-time job, which was salaried and had benefits, so double whammy. She wanted to be self-employed. She wanted to do her own thing. She says, the reactions have all been pretty similar. They marveled at the fact that I took this big, life-changing leap. I've gotten messages like, wow, you're so brave and courageous, and that's so great, you're pursuing your passion, and I wish I could be my own boss. At first, I didn't know what to think of it. There were other personal things going on at the time that impacted me enough to quit my full-time job. But after getting the same reaction plenty of times and reading the same, I quit my job and started my own business, overnight success stories, uh, I started to accept, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Believe it for myself. It became part of my story. She continues down here. Look, let's set the record straight. Being your own boss is tough as shiz. Tough as shiz. You have no one to blame but yourself if things go awry. It's not always what it's cracked up to be. But what bothers me most is how we prop up the entrepreneurial class to be inherently brave and courageous. She goes on to say, let's see, where's a good piece here? Quitting your job to pursue your passion is BS. This messaging is only beneficial for privileged people and very dangerous for working class people. This statement alone reeks of privilege. It confirms you had a full-time job to begin with. It confirms you had time to develop a passion that you can capitalize off capitalize off of enough to meet your cost of living. It confirms you had the option to pursue something different because you feel like it. There are more challenges to being self-employed than just mental perseverance and grit. It's the new American dream. She, to me, when I was reading this article, it seemed to me it was reeking of, hey, only, you know, special people can pursue their dream. Only privileged, privileged people so basically, only the people born with a silver spoon in their mouth are lucky enough to be able to actually pursue their passion. And she's saying something along the same lines as Mike, saying, hey, no, don't quit your job to pursue your passion. She's vaguely along the same lines of being, hey, let, be sensible first, okay? You need money. You got to take care of your bills. You know, be an adult. So don't just drop it and quit it and say, all right, I'm going to go do my passion. I'm going to go follow my passion. That's what I'm going to do. She says, I'm not saying working class people can't be successful entrepreneurs. Just if you have some mental birth rate on it is. I agree. Drop and finally. Right, it is definitely to provide pretty deals. Even if you really draft current in the ID are your wrong or false only privilege. I had a problem with that. Number of billionaires come to mind who uh 
<laughs> started from the bottom, and now they're here. Started from the bottom, and now they're at the top. Um, they certainly weren't privileged. Uh, they didn't ask to be born. You know, they were just born into their certain circumstances, had the cards in their hand, and said, okay, um, here's what I've got. Um, I refuse for this to be my state of life. I'm going to advance as far as I can, try to be as successful as possible. And uh, the Internet is broken. This sucks. Okay, like I've said at the beginning of the show, technology sucks sometimes. You know, when they just drop your episodes... Internet freezes because it can't load a stupid web page because it's so bloody filled with ads. God, Internet. Stupid freaking morons. I don't give a frick about your stupid ads. Which cities have the highest malware infection rates? Screw off. Top 10 rewards credit cards of 2016. Screw off. Holy hell. Sorry. In case you can't tell, a little peeved right now. Okay, anyway. Internet is not cooperating, so screw you. Yes, the point is there are people who have started from the bottom and made it all the way to the top. And one particular individual from the article on Business Insider was the uh, CEO of Starbucks, Schultz. He, I believe, grew up in uh, public housing. Okay, And Oprah, another great one I just remembered, she was definitely poor as dirt. And yet, because of her own grit, her own personality, she just, you know, bit by bit, put herself through school and of course you know the the blessings of her parents always a great thing you can't you can't get anywhere all on your own you absolutely need other people in your life so you could say sure maybe she was privileged with my parents oh, that's a straight so took advantage of the car she had in her hand that she was given she realized hey i can be smart i can learn how to speak i school i can be portable i can be on tv behind in front of it and and all of a sudden she a brand name everybody knows and every, okay, there's exit to be born for young Christ. You're rich. So, she says, you know, you're only, only the privileged people get to pursue their passion. Well, not really. She says working class people can't be, um, she's not saying working class people can't be successful entrepreneurs. Okay, good, because you can be a working class individual who goes to his day job, and then in your evenings, you go to school. In your evenings, you pursue your small business. There's a there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. She is saying, hey, look, don't just drop everything and pursue your passion. That is dangerous. Okay, I agree with you there. But she's complaining a little bit too much about, oh, well, other people have better circumstances than I do. Well, come on. You really can't beat Oprah, okay? The absolute bottom. And look where she is now. Okay, cam done. What matters is your attitude, as they say. You're too passionate about what you have. Take advantage of it. She started from the bottom, slowly climbed her way to the top. You don't just jump right to the top, and it certainly took her most of her life to get to where she is now. That's how it works. So, yes, I think Bonfire can agree with that. Do not follow passion blindly. It's not necessarily sensible. Find the job, major in the subject that you want at college, or don't go to college. Whatever works for you that you know, hey, how the hell am I going to pay my bills in the future? If you want a family one day, how are you going to provide for them? How are you going to help? How are you going to help others? Okay? I had a passion for acting when I was two years old. Okay, not two. 
six years old, seven years old, and I thought to myself, oh, I'd love to be an actor one day. Hell, I also wanted to be a policeman and an FBI agent, okay? I had so many different dreams, but I didn't just pursue them blindly and say, oh, I'm going to go all the way, you know, after talking with parents and, you know, mentors and teachers, they were like, well, why don't you uh, reevaluate? Keep thinking. That was the right thing for them to do, okay? You don't just blindly support someone and say, yeah, I'm real, I'm all for you. Go ahead. You know, you know, that's the way to do it. Good for you. No. I mean, I enjoy acting, believe it or not. I can be somewhat of a private person, but acting is an excuse for me to say, man, I can be somebody else now. This is fun. I can just lay it all on the line, be on stage, and have a good time. But I didn't pursue it in college because I knew that's not going to make me any money. I want what I what's more important to me is not that not that hobby but what's more important to me is how am I going to make a living what kind of career am I going to have so that I can pay my bills on time I had a schedule without any worries or you know with as little worry as possible and I felt okay business do I have a passion for business no okay but I get, I understand it and I took my I took my degree in business and I'm holding on to it I felt that that was the most practical one to choose at my university to say, okay, I can now go into any industry that I want. So when my interests change in life, I can go wherever the hell I want. I can always fall back on my degree and say, well, I majored in business. Okay, what can I do? And then over time, you get experience, you add it to your resume, you're able to say, I, I can I can do anything, you know, with my degree. If you are a history major, I don't know, I'm sorry, you can be a teacher and, I don't know, maybe some sort of historical writer. I don't, I can't really think of many options. If you are a theology major or a philosophy major, nothing against y'all, but as far as opportunities to make a bank, they are absolutely far fewer than someone who has a business degree. I think that's just a fact. I'm not saying I'm better than you. It's just I, I felt more comfortable choosing a business degree so that I had more options down the road to pick from to make money. We live in a world where you got to make money to live, okay? Mike Rowe is saying, be sensible. Don't follow your passion, but absolutely take it with you because you don't want to be bitching and moaning at your job. Like, oh, I don't have a passion for being here. Why am I here? If you're a complainer, you're going to get fired. People don't want to work with you. So take your passion wherever you are and say, you know what? Thank God I'm happy to be where I am right now. I'm going to do the best freaking job I possibly can. I'm going to blow everybody away and I'm going to advance slowly but surely over time and do good work. boy. So thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike, for the encouraging words. And I think truthful words. Janelle, you were close. You were close. But no cigar. So please, everybody stay tuned for the next uh, segment. It's going to be a little bit more a little bit more positive and uplifting than what we just went through. But we had to say it. So everybody, please stay tuned. This is The Bonfire On Demand on the Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash 
washer and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. This is the Bonfire On Demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. All right, how to travel across the country for $213. Hmm, I like it. Sounds like a good deal. From Mental Floss, the great American road trip will never go out of fashion, but let's be realistic. Most of us don't have the time, equipment, or the money to hit the road. Fortunately, a car isn't the only way to see this land. A few years ago, blogger and self-described adventure, travel, and entrepreneur... Derek Lowe, went the Amtrak route for a cross-country trip. Let's speak English now. And recently wrote about the experience. Now, this is an article back from September, granted, but it showed up in my feed again for some reason. I think Mental Floss has a habit of doing that, kind of recycling old stuff. But hey, it's still a great piece. Come on. Cross-country America for $213. Now, uh, there are reasons for that. That I will not go into because <laughs> Amtrak is trash like that poorly poorly disgustingly managed but uh, I'm not gonna lie if you're telling me I can do that for 200 bucks I'm going to take advantage of the company the government subsidized company anywho uh, so the California Zephyr departs from Emeryville near San Francisco and travels cross-country to Chicago. From there, you can hop the Lakeshore Limited with New York's Penn Station as your final destination. Okay. I am very uh, lucky to say. I'm happy to say also. Let's see. When was it? In the summer of 2013, I believe. Maybe it was 2012. I think it was 2012. I got to I flew, I flew to San Francisco. Then I took a train from San Francisco down to L.A. Then from L.A. to Tucson, and then Tucson to Dallas. So you could say maybe half cross-country. But I got to uh, see all of California, and I was on the Amtrak train, and then we went from California to Tucson, which was also beautiful views, I thought. And then we stayed in Tucson for a few days. Uh, I stayed with some friends. We got a little, uh, not a cabin, a uh, some little bed and breakfast house. Kind of in the middle of the desert, middle middle Tucson by the mountains, Mount Lemon, I believe. And then we went from Tucson on the train all the way back to Dallas. So that that trip, just the train, I believe was one hundred to two hundred dollars. I forget how much I paid, but it was pretty cheap. And granted, that was from a friend of mine who knows exactly how to work Amtrak. He knows all the special deals, and he gets you know discounts. He's a frequent user, and he loves trains. He brought that to me, and he said, "Hey, you know what?" I'm going to San Francisco later this summer, and I'm going to take that bad boy all the way to Dallas, essentially. We're going to make a few stops along the way. Would you like to join? I said, wow, that sounds amazing, but how much is it going to be? And he told me, and I dropped my jaw. I said, oh, okay. I can get on board with that. All aboard! So uh, that was a lot of fun. Definitely great memories. And, you know, that's a bonfire approval right there is to take advantage of Amtrak. Take advantage of the company that doesn't know how to run itself very well. You, I'm sure you could find a ticket from San Francisco to Nebraska for ten bucks. Some some kind of ridiculousness like that, because they're so cheap. They're government subsidized, so they can afford to say, eh, okay, that seat's twenty dollars. And you're like, really? You're gonna take me from Seattle to New York for twenty bucks? Okay, there's well, there's there's my twenty dollar bill. Send me on my way. And it's a different experience, you know. It definitely it takes dozens of hours. Yes. 
but it's a nice train. You can get up and walk around, and you, if you want to pay more, you can get booths where you can lie down or a bigger chair or a different part of the train. Like first class, you know, they, just like a plane, you can do that. Um, what's also fun is just doing it in the car. You can go from Dallas to uh, the Grand Canyon. I did that, but it's a lot tighter. You know, you got all your luggage with you, and you're all cramped into a car. I mean, best case scenario, you get an SUV. You can kind of spread out, but then you're going to be paying money for all the gas. So if you really want to do a cross-country trip for an affordable price, then, yeah, you do Amtrak. That's where you just get on the train. They do the driving. They're handling it all. And you can kind of wander around the train, look out the windows. They have the viewing uh, cabin and, you know, big windows. You can look outside, and it's, it's fun. It's enjoyable to sit there and have conversations, read a book, take some naps, go to the food cart, get some food, have dinner. If you, like I said, pay more, you can get a booth and lie down. It's a different experience, and I feel like most people don't do trains. You know, everyone nowadays has cars, and, you know, has. I think most people have flown. I would say most people have not taken a train, you know, cross-state before, let alone the country. So, yes, Bonfire does say, take advantage of Amtrak and see what you can of this great country, because a lot of beautiful stuff out there to see. And you can't go wrong with taking a cheap-ass train to get you there. The Bonfire, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. I haven't bought it any time anyone has said, oh, this is it. Trump's really hurt himself down. You know, how many of those have there been? About 700? That's it. He's gone too far now. I haven't bought in any of those. I don't buy into this one with the quote-unquote Mexican judge. I do buy into it somewhat. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is The Bonfire. On demand. Hosted by Andrew Herzog. On the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, here's a suggestion. Let's all get naked and go out for dinner. No, seriously. Let's let's do that. Granted, you can only do that in London, where the first naked restaurant is opening this weekend. And there are 40,000 people on the waiting list. 40,000 people want to get butt naked and eat some food. I don't know about you, but that would kill my appetite. It really would. You'd walk in, and you'd either see a bunch of fat people, and you'd write, ugh, okay. Dude, put something on. Get out of here. Go home. Get some clothes. Then you can come back. Nobody wants to see that. Or, they're unbelievably hot. And if they're hot, your mind's not going to be on the food. Let's just be realistic, okay? So this is a no-win situation. If you're going to a restaurant to eat, well, then eat. Don't get naked. You're either butt ugly or you're too hot to really focus on the food. Let's be real here. It's called the Bunyadi, I believe is how you pronounce it, and it is in London. Diners will be provided with white robes and slippers to wear or not wear at the tables at two sections divided by bamboo screens, non-naked and naked and pure. The idea is to experience true liberation. Seb Leal, the founder of the company that is behind this uh, new restaurant, people should get the chance to enjoy and experience a night out without any impurities. What? Without any impurities? You're going to see everybody's junk. That is impurity right there. That's gross. Seriously, dude. The idea of exp- true liberation, it's not enough for you to get naked in your own house. Or you get in the shower and you get naked. That's liberating. You have no clothes on. 
Uh, this seems to me just like an excuse for people to get nudie in public and say, oh, this is fun, huh? I mean, that's not liberation. That's just desperation for attention or, you know, you're looking for some just unique experience. Granted, yeah, it'd be unique, absolutely. Because if you get naked anywhere else, you're going to be asked to get the hell out of the restaurant or you'll be arrested. If this restaurant says, hey, come in here, get naked and do what you want, well, not really, come in here and get naked if you want, then I can see why, sure, some people would say, oh, I want to do that. But what is your... What is the process? What is going on in your mind that you think that that could be exciting or something you'd want to write down in your diary? You know, when you're 90 years old, you'd say, oh, kids, uh, when I was a younger kid, uh, I, I got naked at a restaurant and oh, it was great. It was the best experience in my life. Best dinner I've ever had. I don't think so. I really don't. <laughs> just liberation. That word is definitely overused. Okay, You're not liberated. If you're taking your ass cheeks out in public, that's not liberation, okay? You're actually forcing that on me. Now, of course, you'd only be forcing it on me if I chose to go to this restaurant in the first place, which Lord knows I'm not. Now, there is a, you know, non-naked section and the naked section, so let's play devil's advocate here. If I wanted to go to this restaurant because for some reason I thought they had good food, you know, vegan or non-vegan, five-course tasting menus with dishes, oh, okay, that doesn't sound too bad. If I was the one who wanted a non-vegan five-course meal in the non-naked section, um, I believe they are separated. You know, it's not like you'd be sitting there eating your food and all of a sudden you'd see a naked person walk by. That would suck. I believe they would have, it's like further in the restaurant where they then say, okay, now it's clothing optional. Do your business over there. Take off your clothes and here's a robe. Who knows? But... I'd still kind of lose my appetite. I'd say, look, I want to come here to eat my food, but all these people walking in and I'm seeing them heading into the back room, I know what they're doing. They're just getting naked, and that'd be kind of weird to me. I'd say, look, I didn't come here for your entertainment. I came here for the food. But the Bunyadi will be open for three months, and it only seats 42 people at a time. Tickets are priced at 69 pounds each according to the Financial Times. To complete the experience, diners aren't even allowed to bring their phones inside. Okay, now I can get behind that. I can get behind some restaurant that has a shtick of saying, hey, here's clean food with no preservatives. Sure, whatever. But the phone part, I can get behind that. Saying, you know what, why not? We have so much technology nowadays. Here, put your phones here in this little basket at the front desk, whatever, and then I'll walk inside, enjoy your meal, and enjoy your conversation. Okay. I can get behind that. But to say, all right, put your phone here, take a seat, and get naked. You know. I don't want to get naked in public. I would be very self-conscious. I'd be trying to eat my spaghetti, and I'd say, why the hell is everybody looking at me? Why am I here? Why did I choose to do this? Or, like I said earlier, I'd be trying to eat my spaghetti, and I'd be looking over saying, whoa, what is going on over there? I'd either be terrified, or I'd be pretty excited. Come on. That's just being real. This is definitely, this is just a bad idea, I think. I don't know. Now, I'm I, this is better to see 40,000 people on the waiting list as opposed to 4 million. I'd have a much lower opinion of society if 4 million people were on the waiting list. But instead, it's only 40,000. And I'm assuming some are from out of town. They're not just Londoners that are thinking, oh, I can do that. But think about this yourself. 
what could possibly be the explanation for someone who says, yeah, this is for a liberating experience. We want there to be clean food, a clean atmosphere, no phones, no technology, no electricity. We're going to use candles. It's going to be a clean experience. And to make it even cleaner, we want everyone to get naked. Mm. Think about it. There's some really gross people out there. I'm not so confident that these people getting naked would be clean themselves. They could be absolutely filthy. And you're sitting your butt down in the chair. I'm going to say, okay, I'm not using that chair. <laughs> there better be seat covers or something on that because I'm not using that. And with these, these many people, you guarantee you're going to have all these naked butts all up in the chair. So almost anywhere you sit could be lethal. I mean, I don't know. That's just, this was definitely one of the stupider stories I found this week saying a naked restaurant. No, I like restaurants that are on, on the beach. I like restaurants that, like I said, they could promote something like, hey, leave your phone at the front desk. I want, let's, let's encourage conversations here. I like uh, restaurants that have bars and tiki music and dance floors. I like restaurants at the top of buildings, you know, like uh, bars, open bars, patio bars. There's lots of other ideas. Underwater restaurants, restaurants, you know, suspended in air from a crane. I've seen that kind of thing before. But a naked restaurant, no, does not pique my interest at all. And I would suggest they probably shut it down. Like I said, that just seems like trash to me. It's an excuse for people to get naked. You just get naked at your own house. Okay, nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. Just stop. Stop it already, London. Jeez, stupid people. This is The Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. Bernie Sanders has laid off half of his staff. He can say what he wants. Unless there is a miracle, it is not going to happen for him. Follow the money. Look at the indicators. We're in the general now, regardless of primaries left. It's Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. I know it's crazy, horrible that those are your choices, but for the two main parties, that's it. The morning blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday mornings, 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. The Bonfire. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. All right, we're going to wrap up the show with a little de-stressor here. In case you didn't notice, I was a little, little more on edge for the show. <laughs> it is late. Internet decided to freak out. And then usual tech glitches on SoundCloud <laughs> have just been so bad for Bonfire. It's not that difficult. Trash. That <laughs> says, yeah, your track is not available in the U.S. Oh, whew. man, I was about to swear up a storm right there. Your track is not available in the U.S. Yes, it is. I am in the bloody U.S. I'm in Texas. My track is available. What is your problem? Jeez, I do not understand. When you go to the source and they're like, I don't know, or they don't respond, it sucks. Whew. All right. Let me rely on our good bonfire friend, Grant Raymond Barrett, someone we have featured here before. Let me, uh, let me see what kind of words of affirmation he has for me today. Please close your eyes. Sit back. Okay. Relax. All right. And repeat the following key success phrases with me. Okay. So they become a permanent, memorized part of your wonderful being. Hmm, okay. I am a magnet for success... Money and prosperity. I am a magnet. Blessing me with infinite riches. 
I am a, ma- I am oh, a magnet for success. Success. Money. Money. And prosperity. And prosperity. Blessing me with infinite riches. Blessing me with infinite riches. I am a magnet for success. I am a... Money. Okay. And prosperity. All right, I get it. Blessing me with infinite, infinite riches. riches. Okay. Everything I touch Everything turns I touch. to precious gold. Turns to precious gold. Bringing me great wealth. Great wealth. And eternal prosperity. Eternal prosperity. Everything I touch Not just prosperity. turns to precious gold. But eternal. Bringing me great wealth. Great wealth. And eternal prosperity. Oh, that's relaxing. Everything I touch turns to precious gold. <laughs> Jeez. Bringing me, bringing me great, wealth great wealth and, and prosperity. eternal prosperity. Sorry. Yes. A continuous abundance of immense wealth, success, success money, money, and prosperity, and prosperity flows throughout my entire being and life. Flows out of every at pore. Every single moment. Every moment. Every pore. A continuous abundance of immense wealth. Immense wealth. Success. Success. Money. Money. And prosperity. And prosperity. Flows throughout flows my out entire being. Every and pore life on my body. At every single moment. Okay. Grant, that's enough. A continuous abundance. Okay. Of immense wealth. Okay, Grant. Success. Grant. Money and prosperity. Yes, thank you. Flows throughout made... my entire... Uh, stop! Jeez. Whew. That actually made it worse. I'm now more stressed. <laughs> I, I played something like this, uh, I don't know, several episodes ago, and it's called Wealth It Up. You can find it on iTunes. So, you know, if you're in the mood, you kind of want to wanna giggle to yourself a little bit, This this might be the thing. If you're stressed, it's probably not. Didn't seem to work for me. All it was saying was, you will have enormous success and prosperity for all eternity, flowing out of every pore in your body, because you deserve it. You are a success. Everything you touch turns to gold. Gold is what, is we, what will become when you touch things, and it is eternal prosperity and success, because success is prosper... Okay. Grant, uh, your voice is really not that soothing. And what you're saying is more funny than serious. I hope there's nobody out there who bought your album here, if you want to call it that. Back from 2011. Called Wealth It Up. Saturate your mind. Wait, what does it say? Saturate your mind with thoughts of prosperity. Spoken by Grant Raymond Barrett. Okay, well, I tried. Grant, I tried. Twice. And you really just confused me. The first time you were talking about emeralds of hills and shiny objects and money's flowing around you and you're oogling it all. It seems a bit bit over the top. And now you're telling me that success and prosperity are flowing out of every pore in my body. That's another weird image. So, no, it didn't work. Not this time. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of the Bonfire Podcast. I apologize if I was maybe ranting or a bit on edge this time. But, hey, this is real. This is the real stuff. There ain't no acting here. It's late, and the internet sucks frequently. I think we can all understand that first world problem frustration. So, nevertheless, when the internet is working, please, please... Hope and pray that SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play are all supporting the Bonfire Podcast that you are listening to. And look for us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us, like, share, 
And of course, the website, bonfirethoughts.com. We got some writers, got some articles, bit by bit, you know. One day video, once again, the tech comes together when it does not fail me because I do not want to deliver trash. I want to do the best quality audio, video, and articles that I can and with the uh, the best people. So it's a work in progress. Please stay tuned. Do not fret because, as Mike Rowe said, be happy where you are. You know, take your passion with you. Don't let it lead you. You know, be passionate about what you do. And I am. I'm very happy to be alive. I have all the blessings in the world you could possibly want because we do live in America, greatest country on the planet. Period. Done. End of story. Thank you. Andrew Herzog out. This is The Bonfire On Demand on the Blaze Radio Network.